welcome to Expounded Universe, Season 18, Episode The Last One. I, Jen Sarai? That can't be right. The book, I Jedi by Michael Stackpole, the year 1998, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Hey, who let this nerd back in here? Oh, I've had about enough of you, mister! Hey everybody, welcome back to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Novel Discussion Podcast! It's me, Jeff, joined as always by John. That's right. There he is. That's me. There's proof of John. Ah, proof of John. Coming soon from John Grisham. It's proof of John. (laughs) Ah, yes, I'm a proof of John-cept. I just realized that I chose John Grisham as the author who is also named John. That was not intentional. That That wasn't part of the joke. It was merely a mistake. This know. joke was a mistake. This whole thing was a mistake. I should have gone with J is for John and blamed it on that lady that writes detective novels. That lady. That lady. I don't remember her name, but she writes those like A is for uh, a detective novel. Yeah, and L is for a lady that writes detective yeah. novels. <laughs> B is for boy. I sure hope some lady writes detective novels. <laughs> it was, uh, it's one of my personal favorites of her work. Uh, C is for novels, yeah. uh, comma and- detet. M is for, man, I hope you write a detective novel. (laughs) All of them start with male patronyms. (laughs) I I don't know why. (laughs) D is for, dude, this lady writes detective novels. (laughs) E is for, everyone loves detective novels. F is for, fellows write detective novels. Am I right, ladies? (laughs) Except these ones, these ones are written by a lady. Oh, and I guess all the other ones written by Agatha Christie and many other female detective novel writers. Yeah. It's a very long book. When she got to F, she really gilded the lily. (laughs) She couldn't think of a short word. It was a a brief bit of mental block, and then we got right back to it with, you know, G, which was like, guys, I heard this lady writes detective novels. (laughs) Guys, is it gay to write detective novels? (laughs) Uh, What would H be in that situation? Hey. Hey. This is a detective novel. <laughs> You're ditching the male patch, Nim. Okay it's okay. It. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Everything's cool. A little cough Ooh, in little my bit. throat. Yeah, man. This I is... got some rice up in my gullet. Yeah, well, we had a little Panda Express before before uh, recording today. Yeah. Mmm, Panda Express. The, uh, the food that's there. The food that you can get pretty quick. <laughs> I'm always sad when I go to my local mall food court. Like, I like to take Sage to that food court because she likes to eat... Uh, thai food. Apples and bananas. There's a, there's a little good Thai place there, and she likes some of that food. Plus, she can sit up high and watch ice skaters on the rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whenever I go there, I'm like, ah, I love going to this Thai restaurant because there's no one there. Why? Because there's 600 people in line at the Panda Express, and it is the only thing there's people in line at. <laughs> Sad. I want orange chicken mixed with orange chicken, please. Hell yeah. That's the only thing I get there. <laughs> And be like, can I get some broccoli beef? And by that, I mean broccoli that you, I don't know, put a sliver of beef into. <laughs> oh, we introduced this broccoli to some beef earlier. They did not get along. <laughs> no. So anyway, Star Wars? Star Wars. Hey. We're done. We hit the end. This is the last little bit. We uh, do four chapters and an epilogue in this one. And uh, yeah, when last we left our hero, Cornhorn, he gotta, had yeah. gone entirely Jedi Batman 
Yep, and then he got chased into an alley, alley by uh, by five force wielders with with a uh, a rainbow of sword colors. Yes, and, and I'm afraid I must eat a little crow here. Go, uh-huh. ahead, go ahead, hit uh-huh. me. Let me, hit let me, me just go it. ahead and ask you. Yeah, were those yeah the students from no. the Jedi Academy? No, and I apologize. I, I was wrong. I was I was uh, very certain because story structure would indicate that this would be a perfect moment to bring back the first couple of chapters and like kind of connect things. You know, I mean, like it would made a lot of sense to me. It did, yeah. but not in that way. But I forgot that this book doesn't really do story structure so much as it does like meandering series of compliments to a rich douchebag. Well, I mean, this entire book has been I'm going to do a thing and then drop that and never go back to yeah. it. So See, I kept, I I was foiled by my belief that this book would at any point along the course of it act like a book. No. And that that was a mistake I made. No, and this I, is a clip I, yeah. show and you fucked up. Yeah, I did. I apologize for that. That's on me. This is a series of compliments paid to a man who does not deserve them, and there was not going to be a point where a plot event would occur. No. So, uh, indeed, those Rainbow of Lightsabers were, in fact, Tavira's people that have gone after him. Yes, but, but I was half, a little right. Not, well, we not do half, get a little bit. A little right, because uh, right as right as they are coming in to attack him, a, another lightsaber ignites in the in the alleyway, and that one is Luke. Yeah. So, at least Luke showed up from the Academy, just he didn't bring along his students like I expected. No, but he was like, hey, let's not kill anyone, all right? Mm, uh, yeah, and Horn was like, "I wasn't gonna." What the fuck? He's like, "Well, just don't, because I know you suck." <laughs> I love how they both are just constantly accusing each other of being murderers. Because it happens again when they get to the planet towards the end of this series of chapters. When when uh, Corin's like, "Hey, hey, Luke, just so you know, I know you kill stormtroopers all the time and don't even let them get a, cha- a word in edgewise. We're gonna do things differently on this planet." I'm like, "Would you two quit accusing each other of being murderers and go deal with the real murderer, Kip Duran?" <laughs> <laughs> I do like that even in the end of this, there's another like, hey, I just wanted to point out that the whole Kipdron thing is stupid. Anyway, goodbye. It's funny because, yeah, we get a moment where uh, basically what happens is in an attempt to secure up uh, his own forces on the planet that he lives, Corcron, the planet he's been, Corcros, the planet he's been being Batmaning on for the last couple of months, uh, he goes to Jacob Knive, the guy who was in charge of the Survivors faction, and is like, hey, I'm actually a Jedi. This is another actual Jedi. We represent the New Republic. I'm offering you amnesty in a situation where you get to keep your ships and stuff if you, you know, come along to the New Republic side and abandon this whole Imperial thing. Yeah. And then when he goes after Luke later and he it does horn, he's like, hey, uh, just so you know, I think this Kipter on thing is bullshit. And here's why. Because it's got Tavira spooked. She thinks that it was a, a, an illicit but but uh, approved by the New Republic op to destroy Karita because it was an Imperial uh, uh, holdout. And I've got to tell you, she won't be the only person to think that. You were yeah. very dumb for keeping that guy and giving him a reward. Everyone who isn't currently in the New Republic and even people in there are going to be like, oh, well, these motherfuckers are just going to send a Sun Crusher after me. Exactly. And and how does Luke respond to this accusation? Well, obviously, he tries to, bol- to whataboutism it by being like, but you just offered amnesty to all those pirates. <laughs> and also, some people might say that being a Jedi counts as a certain sort of life sentence. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, famously, no one ever leaves the Jedi Academy. Like, for example, not the guy you are currently talking to. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's a life (laughs) sentence to be a Jedi. And clearly, there's no way to walk away from that. (laughs) You just can't. He's stuck being a Jedi forever now, Corrin. 
ex-Jedi who left the Jedi Academy like seven months ago. Uh, the best counter-example to my pointless argument. Uh, it, it, maybe not even the best example, because the best example would be the many, many stories of Jedi that go evil and leave the Academy and, like, take over small planets. Yeah. It's a terrible example. It's not a good excuse for why you're keeping Kip Duran around. Just admit he's your pet. <laughs> Just be like, I can't handle actually losing, so the fact that he came back means, fuck it, I'm going to keep it. Mm-hmm. I'm putting that one in the W column. Now, that's not what happens immediately. Obviously, we have to resolve the fight with uh, the, the what are they called? The Gensarai, which, here's the thing. If I had been right, and this had just been the students, then the end of this book would follow a pretty clean path. He'd be like, oh, well... Obviously, Horns come into his own. Here come a bunch of students who probably did so in their own way by attending the Academy. Now he'll have an army of Jedi, and they'll go and fight all the Imperials, and that'll be fine. What you would not expect is, let's introduce a whole planet of a fourth kind of Jedi, a force-sensitive warrior lightsaber traditionalists uh, in the last 12 pages of the book. It is just amazing to me that they're like, well, we've gotten through this entire book, have not given you even a remote idea of what's going on with Mirax outside of Tavira has her somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, all right, I know we're about to shut this down, but here's an entire planet with a culture of force users Mm -hmm. and it ties into several different things and they've got their own traditions. And uh, anyway, we're done. (laughs) We're over. What? (laughs) This is an entire book's idea that you have jammed into the last three chapters. Yeah. Like, this doesn't happen super often in the EU. There's there's the Dathomirian Force Witches. Uh, there were the... I but they get an entire book. They do. They get a whole book, and they even get a call-out in this conversation. Yeah. I mean, again, we're skipping over the fight to get into... The, the Whatever, fight's really they simple. Win. They get They get called out. Uh, the uh, the five Gen Sarai warriors are all just identified by lightsaber color, because we don't have time to introduce characters. No. So instead, it's just like red and yellow and blue. Uh, are like they're they're uh, fighters and they don't matter. Like they come in, they're all like wearing coop, cool ornate battle armor, which is the hallmark of their force tradition. And He's they like, just they just yeah, get this guy's in armor anyway. I punched him in the head and he went down. Yeah, I gave I gave him a bonk with my lightsaber and bonked this one and then used telekinesis to force bonk that one and they all fell down the end. We win. Uh. And uh, I really wish it had been the students instead of Luke because it kind of bums me out to see Luke being reduced to. Uh, cornhorn compliment deliverer for the next like four chapters. Eh. It's not that bad yet, but the end, the last one where he has to like meet him again, and he's just like, I decided I didn't want you to come back to the academy because you're too good for it, Cornhorn. You're just too much of a big dick man to come to my little school. <laughs> uh, again, it's not, not quite, an in- it's... interpretation I would take from that. <laughs> no, that's not exactly what it is, but it is a lot of compliments going back and forth. Um, I guess they earned it. They just fought a random new enemy that we didn't know about until they met them immediately. But yeah, they they beat up these five force-using lightsaber people. Mm-hmm. And out from the corners, like, anyway, I came here with Uril. He's here now. Look at this guy. Yeah, huh? it, you remember your wingman? And Uril's like, yes, hello. Remember how I became a finesman at the start of the book? Here's a pithy line regarding that. Um, I can find you. And also, uh, I found your wife. I don't know why you didn't just come to me at the beginning of this book. Oh, no, we know why. We know exactly why, because that's the pithy line. He's like, you know, as a finesman, it's my job to find things. But finding things is super easy, so that's barely a job. The important thing is knowing when 
to find things. And Horn, you needed to spend 11 to 13 months dicking around. I needed you to spend the better part of like a year and a half just dick out fucking in the breeze. <laughs> just wandering the galaxy, just doing whatever. Uh, I saw all this happening because that's what a Feinsman does. All right. Thank you so much. Anyway, that's now, me. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go get along really well with Elagos because both of us are like people who are yeah, non-humans who have to put up with Cornhorn's constant parade of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We are. That's what this book should have been called. Anthro animal that both have to deal with Cornhorn being like. I'm always right and a badass. Yeah, and they have to be like, yes, all right, uh -huh, sure, sure. Yeah, they're based on the most famous of anthro animals, um, wingless moths and elves. Yeah, <laughs> bird elves and uh, insect guys. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Now they they haul their prize, which is the five defeated warriors that they don't know anything about yet, uh, back to I don't know one of their hideouts. Horns. Horn's got room. so many things, and it turns out that Luke showed up on a spaceship, that, and he brought with him two plot contravances. I mean, the Salamiri. He brought some of those fucking Salamiris. God damn it. I like that we get a little more description of them here than we ever actually did in the Thrawn books. Like, Outside I love, of just, it's a lizard and you can't use force? Yeah, they're called like sessile furred amphibians or something, and that's as far as you ever get into their description. He, uh, Thrawn like, or, uh, Zahn liked to spend way more time talking about the gantries that they sit on Fuck. than the animals themselves. Uh, but yeah, Salamiri, this might be our first time talking about them. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, we've definitely done an article or a, uh, a, a, a bonus, bonus episode yeah. about them. But uh, for the basic uninitiated, they are lizards with fur that are practically non-mobile. They're like sloths. And their deal is they come from the planet where Vornskers are, which are like these wolves that hunt using the force. So in an attempt to evade it being eaten by Vornskers, they have learned to radiate an anti-force bubble. Yeah, they radiate no force in this area so that they can't be detected by these hunters. But it also means if you're a force user and you're in their sphere of influence then you don't get to contact the Force. Now, this can be increasingly disorienting depending on how much time you've spent in your life being a Jedi. So, for example, Horn, who didn't learn to be a Jedi until he was in his like, late 30s, is like, that's weird. I feel like I'm seeing in black and white, where Luke's like, yeah, I feel like I don't have one of my arms. Yeah, this, uh, he's like, this is as bad as getting an arm lopped off. It looks down at his robot arm. Actually, probably worse. <laughs> but luckily, he brought those things along so they can he can use them Ken Horn to trick one of the Gen Sarai warriors into thinking that Luke is powerful enough to take away people's bending. I mean, the force. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I like the interrogation scene because he's like, all right, we're going to wait until one of them comes to mm -hmm. and then I'm going to interrogate them. You just stand over there looking intimidating and I'm going to pretend like you're the biggest badass ever and can strip force using and I, you're contacting me telepathically and everything's crazy and personally i i like the concept i i, I like the concept of being like oh we'll, we'll move a, we'll use a combination of good cop bad cop uh with an actor who can't act in the form of luke just being like you just stand there and look mad that's your only job yeah um and i will pretend that you are taking away her access to the force and that you communicate entirely telepathically um yeah basically horn's like i'm gonna be good cop and bad cop, but I'm going to pretend you're the bad cop, but I'm going to say both the good and bad cop things. Yes. And, as, you know, that's smart. Like, if you were playing a Star Wars RPG, that'd make a perfect sense. It's like a oh, yeah, if social, you're like, I, I'm going to stunt. I'm, I've got the high charisma and you don't. So you just stand over there and yeah. I'm going to pretend like you're scary. Yeah. Um, 
Ultimately, though, I didn't like the execution very much because it involves Horn really playing to the back nines, considering his audience is one lady. So he keeps being like, oh, no, master, please do not use your mighty powers to strip her force away forever. That will not suggest to the others that they should help us. And you're like, ah, you should probably get in a more naturalistic conversation than this Punch and Judy shit. But hey, what do I know? (laughs) Nah, man. I mean, with it's weird because with these particular people, these Gen Sarai, Mm -hmm. like it ended up going more in his favor that he did that. Yes. Like, he doesn't know what their whole background or deal is. Their entire background is a cultural fear that he will show up one day to murder one of them. Well, I mean, it's a whole fear of Jedi in particular, like, being like, oh, yeah, Jedi are all evil murderers, and that's what we believe. And so the fact that he's like, hi, we're Jedi, and we're going to destroy your shit unless you talk. And, you know, he doesn't know that mm-hmm. they have that, but... It works out in his favor because then they're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, obviously you will. Totally. I buy it. Yeah. The end story of what the Gensurai are is, eh, it's dumb. It, it very much ties into that. We only we only barely talked about it way back in the grandpa episodes. Uh, that vision he has of like his grandfather getting killed by an Anzadi Jedi named Nikos Terrell. Yep. That, that's, that moment is pivotal to the development of the Gensurai as a whole fucking culture. Um, which is weird because, I mean, I know that was Horn's grandfather, but that means that this culture has developed over what, like 40 or 50 years? About 40 years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a weird thing. And I like the concept that they're like, yeah, we, we are, our order was founded on watching Jedi fight other Jedi. So we think they're bad guys, basically. Yeah. It was, Uh, we've watched our masters get murdered by Jedi. Yes. Yeah, um, but the funny thing is they're like, keep talking about how they are obviously practitioners of Sith teachings, except for one very important Sith teaching that apparently they didn't get, which is just, oh, also, uh, probably a day one lesson, but I guess they missed it. Be evil. They just, they just didn't do that one. They got every other Sith teaching except for the, like, be evil. Well, here's the thing, is these were not really full Sith as much as they were fallen Jedi, so they were like, all right, we're going to teach you how to use the force the only way that we were taught, which is Jedi stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, oh, they just didn't get to the part where they were like, and now to teach you the Sith techniques. Yeah, well, they only learned, their whole thing is the only knowledge base that they have is ancient Sith techniques. Well, yeah, it was just, we are Jedi who then found Sith teachings. Exactly. But the Sith teachings didn't include like, you know, on on page one, like, what is the force? You know, it's like a role-playing game book. What what is force using? Oh, force using is like a fun kind of pretend where you wave your arms at stuff and people choke and die. <laughs> uh, and I guess like page two would have been like be evil, and they just were like ah nah we're good. So so anyway, the first the only ever interview one of these people because they break her before they have to talk to anyone else. Yeah, um, she gets convinced that Luke is a mighty secret Jedi who can take away her force powers, uh, and reveals their location, uh, the planet Yumfla. Yep, and. Uh, I mean, her whole thing is, I don't want to tell you because it will destroy my people. And so they're like, oh, you're actually protecting an entire group. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he intuits, oh, it's because Tavira's got her thumb on you. Like, she is threatening your people with destruction if you don't help her. Okay, I get that. And he was just like, all right, well, tell me. Because we're going to go kill Tavira, so you won't have to worry about it. And she's like, but if you fail at killing Tavira, then... But basically, he boils it down to this. At this point, you already know Tavira. You already know how sadistic and paranoid she is. If if uh, she sh- if you show up after this interrogation 
and have to report that you didn't successfully kill me, she'll think you're in cahoots with me and kill you. Yeah, she's or, so paranoid yeah. that if you don't show up and be like, yeah, we got him, and instead you're like, oh, he slipped through our fingers, and then and she doesn't see me again, she'll just assume that it's fucked up and you're helping and yeah. blow up your planet. So it's either you let your most hated enemy, apparently, although that's still news to me, uh, go after your other most hated enemy and just see what happens, or you get killed for not being a traitor, but working for someone who thinks everyone's a traitor. Yeah. And she's like, well, I guess I can't argue that logic, so sure. Here's the Susverfi system, and here's the planet Yumflaw, and uh, what are you going to do about it? And Horn's like, oh, you have... No idea how many things I'm going to do about it. First, I'm going to contact the New Republic, and then I'm going to let I'm going to contact uh, Booster Tarek. But all I'm going to tell him is I'll bring you Mirax. I found her. Yeah. Hey, found Mirax. Should be a couple days. I'll have her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My whole thought of how it would be that Luke would get contacted and and end up bringing the students along was like that uh, when he had to fight the New Republic guys, they would suss out that that was him and, like, contact Luke. And that kind of happened. It seems like Uriel sussed out the whole thing. It's, again, it's one of those things where I was like, if it had been, hey, I put this image in Selchu's head, Mm -hmm. and he went back and was like, hey, uh, turns out Horn's working with these guys. We should do something about it. Yeah. And that's how we found out. That'd be great. But it turns out it's basically just... Uriel going, oh, I'll find anything. I'll yeah. do fuck. That's what a finesman is. They just find whatever, wherever, and they. the only thing is it's not very useful unless you need that thing when it's convenient to them, because that's the superpower they actually have, is to only find stuff when it's the right time it's to the find good, good find times. <laughs> Bet you didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> Finesman coming through. So uh, at this point, it's basically, okay, well, here's here's the plan. Uh, Elagos, they ask him to stay. He's like, fuck that. I'm going with you. Uh, besides, Uriel came here in a two-man ship. And what do you know? I'm a spare guy. Uh, so Uriel and Elagos, who are now best friends because they can spend all their time talking about how, how shitty it is to live with Horn. <laughs> I just imagine them constantly dunking on Horn. Yes. In a variety of weird nonverbal languages that they both speak. Ah. Just being like, stink, stink. And they're just talking about how Horn fucking sucks. Yeah. And Horn's even like that. He even has this moment where he's like, oh, I'm sure they're just agreeing on how much I'm terrible as a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh that one's almost endearing because that that feels earned. The other one, when we get Mirax back <laughs> and, and we get these constant things of Luke and, and Horn being like, wow, she's a lot like Mara Jade, isn't she? Yes, she is. She is a lot like in a popular established character. Please do continue to build that association, readers. Oh. But Luke keeps being like, but we can never introduce them. They're because too powerful. They're too powerful. If there's one thing I, the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy, fear, it's two accomplished women doing something. <laughs> anything in particular. If we get these two ladies together, they might pass the Bechdel test, and then it's all <laughs> over for me. What am I going to do at that point, Horn? We cannot let them meet each other. Why? Why? What would what would that accomplish? They do stuff. They would both be competent at each other. <laughs> They'd realize they definitely don't need either of us. <laughs> <laughs> they would definitely hook up and go do stuff. I mean, the reason I'm bringing that up is because that gag that like, yeah, she's a lot like Mara J. We can never introduce them. We get it three times. Yeah. I would say the only thing we get more of than that gag in these last chapters is descriptions of Corellians. <laughs> also, yes. One chapter is nothing but Luke and, and Horn sitting around being like, 
oh, right, I forgot you were a Corellian, which means you never want to hear the odds. I forgot you're a Corellian, which means every Corellian is Han Solo. Every Corellian is Han Solo is basically what happens here. It just goes on for fucking forever. And you'd think that Han Solo and Horn would be very different. You would think. What would their upbringings? <laughs> very different upbringings, different sides of the law. But no, apparently all the Han Solo quotes that he had in the original trilogy are just things that all Corellians say. Yeah. Kind of turning him into like the Woody Allen of Star Wars, where he just constantly opens his mouth and emits a steady stream of New York. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah, Central Park. You're like, I wish you'd stop talking. It's the ma- the air is magical here in autumn. Our pizza's different. <laughs> Our rock hard shitty little bagels are the best rock hard <laughs> shitty little bagels. That's uh, I, apparently Corellia is just space New York. Yeah, sure. But that's I mean, we're we're going way out of order. Yes, you are. And I apologize for that. Maybe people like that. I don't know. I don't know, but you keep doing it. I don't care. It's because we're done and I'm excited about it. So excited about being done. So, yeah. Okay, well, why don't we go in order then? They're all on their ships and they're flying to Yumflaw. And again, the reason that uh, they're going to do the whole, like, oh, Elagos will come and be an Uriel ship is because they're leaving one of the two East Alamiri with Knive to watch after the five people they captured. Yes. Uh, he's like, here, do this. You can hold on to him for a while. Mm-hmm. Just get your survivors together and fuck off because that way you can join the New Republic and you'll get amnesty. And the, now, reason, the reason they're going to prison instead of being like released or something is because if all five of them are currently on board with the plan, but if any one of them changes their mind, like... Oh, either- yeah. Well, the second... You can't just let them go because they'll just go... All right, hey, Tavira, they're coming. Yeah, and you can't trust them, and and also you can't just be like, here, here's five Jedi, keep it, or sort of Jedi, keep them in your space prison regular guy, and yeah. then watch as they murder everybody and escape. Exactly. So he has to leave one with them, and then the other one, they're like, okay, uh, you know, we it, it would be suspicious if this two-person ship took off with just one person in it, Yep. and Horn's like, and I would take that spot, but... Me and Luke have to be in the same ship because we have one Salamiri left, mm-hmm. and when we go to the planet we're going to, Susfart or whatever it's called. Uh, Gumfly in the Susfarty system. In the Farty Sus, and yeah. they, when they go to Amogus, then they gotta go to the Susfart and yeah. so they go have to Gumfly. They have to take two ships because ultimately if you flew over there with just the Salamiri, it would eat the corn when you left it on, on uh, Yumflaw when you flew yeah. back to get the fox. So you've got you've got to have two ships so you can carry everything over, the corn and the fox and the two Jedis. Yeah, so yeah. they have to have both the Jedis in one ship with an East Alamiri so that no one on the planet they're going to will sense them coming. Exactly, yeah. So they have to fly blind effectively for them. They can't use the Force on their flight over to uh, Yumfla. Um, and that's when they have their long discussion about... Uh, they have, they have two long discussions. The other one about how he doesn't want Horn to come back to the Academy happens at the end. This is the one that's like, hey, uh, what are you going to do now? What's been happening since I left? I want to apologize to you for kind of, you know, never taking your training Academy seriously for even a second. Because <laughs> that's a, that's the a thing. And we, we were harping on that. And I, I'm glad to note that at least Horn has some introspection here where he's like, I'm just too much of a cop detective to go to Jedi school at this point in my life. Oh, yeah. No, the the fact that he's like, look, I fucked up. Several times throughout this book, I went to your school and then was like, ah, fuck you. And then I went and saw my grandfather and was like, ha, fuck your shit. Yeah. And I just kept doing that. That's my bad. Yeah. I'm kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. And and Luke is very gracious about it. <clears throat> but this is also where they have the big old, uh, you know, I, I'm still super unhappy with your Kip Duran plan. And Luke's like, don't worry. Being a Jedi is a life sentence. Just ask 
f- a famous other Jedi like Darth Vader or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's like, oh, but think about it. You see, if we if, if he's a Jedi and uh, not in jail, then he'll do more good for the galaxy than he would do if he was in prison. And you're like, maybe. Sure. That's but- you just assuming that all he does is good and doesn't immediately also fuck off and be evil again. Also, that's you doing the work of thinking. I mean, I- I'm glad you're doing the equivocating for trillions of dead Koreans who don't get a say in this. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate your high-minded ideals about how he could be doing good for the galaxy, but honestly, every time you open your mouth, I just hear the screams of millions of schoolchildren. <laughs> they're melting, Luke, because their son went Nova. Yeah. The fact that he's like, oh, don't worry. It's fine. He's got Jedi community service. And you're like, <laughs> my dude. <laughs> like, I'm against death penalty and all, sure, but I am very much in the put Kipteron in jail uh, penalty. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so anyway, uh, their whole theory is that because Tavira is hyper, hyper paranoid and because so are these Gen Sarai, uh, that they probably have orbital Gen Sarai who are just out there because one of their special talents is force sense sensing. Like they could just sense other Jedi at a great distance. The other fun thing we learned about their culture this early on is that while the, yes, they do build lightsabers. That's not the core of their, their, uh, force user tradition. Rather, it's their armor. They yeah. build elaborate armor that is in the same color as their lightsaber blades. So they're like, well, they build elaborate armor that is shaped to be what they are yes. as a force user. So they they basically have like animism yes. where they pick like, oh, I'm, you know, a ambush type person where I hide and wait. You can't see me. And then I strike when you're least suspecting it. So I make my armor look like an ambush predator, Mm -hmm. and there we go. I fashion it into whatever looking type thing. Yes, although that's interesting, notably because the five uh, Gen Sarai that attack him in the alley all have defensive armor animals. They're like all dressed as like armadillos and turtles and stuff. So I guess they just happen to have a a group of all tanks. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is if you're like, oh, we want to send out people that are going to be hard to track and you know, hard to beat. We're going to send a group of you after yeah. a guy. You're like, yeah, let's, let's send the ones that are good at not getting murdered. Yeah. I mean, granted their object, their objective was to murder a very visible Batman Jedi running around. You'd think they'd send those ambush guys. Well, but I mean, that's, that's a- actually what they did send. Cause when they were talking about them, they're like, Oh, these are all like defensive in that you don't see them. And then oh, they okay. strike. So they're all like dressed as the mighty trapdoor spider. Basically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, granted, this goes out the window the moment we finally meet another one of these people with a with a uh, suit of armor because she's just dressed as the young version of herself. Well, that's because she's not a regular Jen Sarai. She's the... No, I know. She's the founder of the Order. Yeah. But anyway, we get to the planet. They evade the the uh, the, uh, the satellite platforms full of Jen Sarai list- listing for Jedis, uh, and they land on the planet, which is an Imperial-occupied wor- world where most of the Imperial garrison is up on the Invidious. So no one wants to talk to them because they're strangers and no one likes strangers and the Imperials are avoiding the humidity. I mean, the basic thing is he's like, oh, this is a lot like uh, fucking Corcoran where I was Mm. and like Vlarnia, the city that we were in, where there are locals, people who lived here, but everyone else here belongs to some occupying force. So you don't really see any of the locals walking around and of the occupying force. Most of them are either working or at a bar somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's a hot night. And so uh, go ahead. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm fine. You can go ahead and no, John, well, it's fine. Well, it's a hot night, John. I'm just well, saying. Well, it's a hot night. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw your face light up with your chance to do some Santana featuring Rob Thomas. <laughs> and I figured I should just stop the show. And yet here we are with nothing, with no Santana featuring Rob Thomas's smooth. No, here's the thing it. is I yeah. wasn't going to do that. Oh. Was I going to go to Hot Child in the City? Maybe. <laughs> Uh, anyway, they get there and no one's bothering them on the street and Luke and Corin are continuing. They're like, are we allowed to kill these guys? They're like, you have to give them warnings and let them know what the plan is. They, they, and then, yeah. w- then when they go against the plan, then you can cut them up in increasingly gory ways. Corin, who's about to cut a guy uh, uh, in half at the shoulders in a second. I love that they have this whole conversation where Luke's like, hey, man, just like. Give him a heads up. Just say like, "Hey, dude, uh, you can you can quit and leave, and I won't murder you." Mm-hmm. And then if they don't and they try to kill you, then sure, it's self defense. Only fight in defense. And he's like, yeah. "Yeah, sure, got it." First stormtrooper they meet. Hey, buddy, bram. <laughs> yeah, literally, they have this back and forth where they are consistently accusing each other, being like, "No, you're the one who murders all kinds of people." Well, you harbor a genocide murderer. Well, you're an ex-cop who murdered all kinds of people. Back and forth, back and forth, and finally they're like, "All right, we agree. We will give them warnings, and if they persist, then we'll kill them." And then they get cornered by some stormtroopers in an alley, and the stormtroopers like, "Yeah, hi, I need to see your identification." Hey, do I know you? And Horn's like, "Yeah, let me, let me, uh, let me show Hold you." On, my- I got an identification right lightsaber, lightsaber <laughs> in your chest. And then the other uh, stormtrooper is like, what the shit just happened? And before he even has a chance to, like, do anything, Horn cuts him in half at the arms. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. And he's <laughs> like, don't worry, I'll give the other ones warning. Yeah, and Luke's like, I thought you were going to, we did we just have a long conversation? Isn't like, the ah. whole point of this that you only fight in defense? Ah, stormtroopers ain't people. Ah, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> the other thing I like from the the Corn and, and Luke conversation, by the way, is Corn. Uh, getting on Luke or Luke getting on Corin's case for building a two crystals lightsaber. He's like, "Oh, like, hey, new money. I uh, I looked at your lightsaber. Looks pretty good. Did you do the whole stupid extendo thing? Most young Jedi like to do that because they're idiots and it's dumb. It, it, there's absolutely a waste of time. Of there's never a point where being two feet closer to the enemy is going to matter when you can block all of their attacks, get inside their defenses, and murder them. And if you can't, you just use the force to pull them two feet closer to you. Building your lightsaber into a stupid EDC Kickstarter project is uh is very dumb." But you know what? It's a cycle thing, so I assume it'll go back out of fashion when chokers come back. <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's like, oh, yeah, lots of young Jedi are into that whole thing because they're worried about the size of their lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. You'll get over that. <laughs> By the way, we skipped a joke in the last episode. We never mentioned the burned out diamond. Oh, yes. Um, the reason to- that when he tried to extend his lightsaber and it burned out is, you see, it wasn't a real diamond that he used, and so it destroyed that gem when he tried to do the extendo saber. Oh, it wasn't a lights it wasn't a real diamond john then then what was it what was it john i want you to say it out loud no, I- i'm not saying it <laughs> don't you dare make me say that <laughs> it was a kubaz zirconia fucking why whatever i think I, the only was, thing it, i the thing I want to say about Kubaz Zirconia is at least it's nice that for once in his fucking smug dick of a life, Cornhorn didn't look at that gem and go, that's fake. I can tell because I'm a cop. <laughs> I can tell because as a cop, sometimes I was a jeweler. Yeah, sometimes I, I, I have extensive jeweler training from my cop times of dating the rich ladies. It's uh, it's a Kubaz Zirconia. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, my name's Turd Ferguson. I like, do, I do appreciate the pun. Yeah, like when I read it, I did have to like, you know, just gently close the book, set it down, sigh, open the book back up, continue reading. Yeah, and that's the kind of pun that I appreciate in a book—a a pun that can make me stop reading. Yeah. <laughs> So his lightsaber is still dual phase, but the emerald doesn't do uh, the extendo feature. It, it like just adds green. Yeah, he's just got a white lightsaber with a little green tip. Yeah. Um. So anyway, now they've killed a couple stormtroopers, and unfortunately, that means the alarms are going off. So now it's time to raid the castle instead of trying to sneak in. Yeah. He was like, well, now it doesn't matter because they've got warning that we're coming. So technically, every guy I murder is in defense. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. So uh, now they just charge at this big temple. They carve a hole through the giant fence, like, moat thing that's surrounding it. There's a conversation he has with uh, Elagos as they're on their way. Because, again, they tried to convince Elagos to, like, stay in orbit and just, you know. Just stay on the ship and troop movements. watch for incoming ships yes. just in case, like, we start fucking around and they send the Invidious or something. Yeah. And Elagos and Uriel are like, no, we're going to come with you. Uh, quit trying to human this movement, all right? We're gonna, you're gonna have some aliens. Well, I mean, he didn't try to stop Uriel because he's like, this guy, I know, yeah. I have fought with him. He's good in a blaster fight. Yeah, great. He, he wanted them both to stay up there, but he really wanted Elagos to stay on the ship. So he's like, Elagos, please, I need you to stay up there where you can like monitor ships arriving. And also, Elagos I is don't like, want you to go down yeah. there and murder someone and then have to live with that memory as we have already established. Yeah, except that we've already had that conversation and already noted that he can just stun people. Yeah, and he's like, and indeed I will. Yeah, so it's kind of a dumb conversation. But Elagos, again, with that that Alfred thing that I love so much where Alfred can just clown on Bruce Wayne all he wants. Yeah. Elagos is like, yeah, I already programmed the ship to watch for troop movements. You know, you can use ships for a wide variety of interesting things. It's weird, right? (laughs) Anyway, I've got a blaster set on stun and also we're trying to get there in the middle of the night and I've got better senses than you and so does Uriel. So how about you fucking, I don't know, (laughs) stop stop it. it. Just knock it off already. Quit trying to, quit trying to mansplain raids. (laughs) Humansplain, I guess. Yeah. Um, so they raid the building, and uh, they make their way through a bunch of stormtroopers. Uh, we get some neat fight descriptions, but mostly up until the point where we get to Mirax, uh, this is just, uh, Luke does a really cool Jedi thing. Corrin does a slightly cooler Jedi thing. No, Luke- I mean, it's the opposite of that, because it's no, mostly Corrin being like, I can deflect bolts. I cannot deflect them at people, though. That's yeah. a Luke special. No, I, mean, I, I was going to escalate it back and forth. I wasn't going to say that Horn is better than Luke here. This is Luke displaying his mastery. Oh, yeah. I mean, also in the fight with the little, like, five uh, force users, yeah. he's like, oh, man. I Luke, didn't even need to be there. Luke could have just wailed on all five of these guys while I held his coat. It doesn't matter. Yeah, there's He, he is coming to, to grips with the fact, because he had kind of a low opinion of Luke at the Academy, largely because Luke kept being like, yeah, it's fine if you want to go out into the woods and learn dark teachings. I'm not going to stop you, kids. What? A- Oops, I'm in a coma. Oops, a dupes. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I mean, he was definitely <laughs> acting like your dad after a divorce, who's like, "Hey, we can have ice cream for breakfast, kid. Please still love me." <laughs> for Christmas, I got you three Playstations. Yeah, that's Luke a was- PlayStation Three, right? Luke was very permissive on the yes. Jedi Academy. but Which left Horn with this opinion that he was kind of a doof, but now he's getting to watch Luke just rampage through a, a, a heavily armed facility, and he's like, oh, 
Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, oh, that's why he's the Jedi Master. Oh, oh yeah. It's like not, he's. It's not just that he can lift bigger boulders than people. It's that he is actually a badass. Yes. I mean, there's a scene in this one where he blocks it. He defect, uh, deflects a blaster bolt that wasn't shot at him off of someone else's lightsaber. He's just like, well, that's enough time of it in space in the uh, sky for me to redirect it to hit a stormtrooper. Uh, he's he's, he's uh, coming into his own. And also, the the fun thing you constantly wonder about in Star Wars is confirmed here, which is, you know how stun bolts fire like these huge concentric rings? Mm-hmm. You can't parry them with lightsabers. And it makes it very funny to me that that, uh. that doesn't just, you just see like, oh, we're fighting Jedi today. Okay, stormtroopers, everyone put all your weapons on stun. Put, put it on the wide beam. Put it on the big blue we- uh, wheels of, of doom. And then, you know, once they're stunned, you can switch it back to kill. Yeah. Just, you know, when they go down, then get next to him and just blast him in the face. Yeah. Honestly, that one time that Leia gets stunned in New Hope, and that's the only time you ever actually see stuns used, as far as I know, in the original trilogy, kind of ruins the, a lot of the EU, where they're like, well, you can set these on stun. You should. Yeah. You should, should always, why wouldn't you set them on stun? They're not less accurate. They have a big wide beam of effect, well, and I mean, you can always choose to kill them when they're writhing on the ground. I would assume... That they work sort of like shotgun versus Mm. rifle in that you're like, oh, if I'm near you, you're going to get stunned. But if you're far away, it just sort of goes, oh. You know what? I guess that's fair. Oh, that it just fades out and just keep going. Yeah, that, you know what? Because it's not concentrated. That's perfectly fair. I I assume there's nothing stopping them from building a tighter beam of stun bolt beyond the fact that then it can be parried. Exactly. (laughs) But but yeah, um, they make their way up to the top and up at the top of the, oh, no, it happens after they talk to her. Uh, up at the top of the facility, they find this, like, Imperial Governor's office. Tavira's not there. She's probably bolted. And she's going to call on the phone in a second, but not tell Mirax is awake. Because Mirax has to make fun of her so that, you know, uh, it's a lady making fun of the lady. Yeah. Yeah. But they uh, they eventually find Mirax because he's like, all right, let's let's expand out my, my force sphere. And he's like... Ooh, now that I'm close, I can actually tell where she is. Yes. Plus, Gan, uh, uh, Uriel knew which tower she was in, like, immediately. Oh, yeah. Because between, Uriel was like, no, I already found Yeah, it. between his high-end senses and the uh, Elagos' high-end senses, the two of them were like, yeah, she's in that tower there. Uh, I can smell her in there. We're, we're 300 yards away, and she's inside of an air-sealed building. Dude, I've got an elf nose. Dude, I don't think you understand. Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> Look at this face. Look at this schnoz. Isn't it neat? <laughs> Wouldn't you think? <laughs> Ah, that's just like a fucking Corellian to underestimate the smelling capability of an uh, of a Kamasi. That's right. I mean, we didn't even sell nearly enough how much time in the middle chapter of this five series that we wrote is given over to just Corellians are like this, Corellians are like that. You know what they say about Corellians? The thing about Corellian food, it's just, it's so fucking much. Yeah, man. It's a lot. It is. It's it's weird that it like I know they've been doing it a little bit throughout the course of the book, but that's the moment where it just co- goes. They open the fucking floodgates. No, they've I mean, because you have like the Corellian tradition and Corellian Jedi. Jedi. And a, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, a yeah. Corellian tradition for the Jedi. And you've got, you know, your main character is Corellian and you keep talking about shit and he has to go there at one point. Like we've had that peppered throughout. But these last bits here Really is like, oh, you had some ground up pepper, and then at the very end, you just bit into a huge ass peppercorn. <laughs> yes. Also, somewhere around here. No, I think it's when he retires. I'll get. I'll come back to that. Um, okay. 
once they free Mirax, and Mirax is just like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Uh, she's just like happy. She Well, yeah, he does the like Disney prince thing where he's like, oh, up with a kiss. I'm going to kiss you to wake you up because that's how we're going to do this. Yeah, she's got a little box on her head, and the box is not putting her into a medically induced coma. Only a force user can do that. So uh, she's in a Gen induced coma. Yeah, but this the, just keeps her there. The little box, I think, broke her mental resistances so they could put her in the coma in the first place. And yeah. then, yeah, now it keeps her there. So they take the box off and looks like, yeah, that taking the box off isn't going to be what wakes her up. And Horn's like, I know I got to kiss her like a big damn prince. Yeah. By the way, I'm also Prince of Corelli. I probably should have mentioned that earlier. Uh, I don't like to brag about it because, you know, really, I'm a cop first, Jedi second. Ace but Fighter yogurt Pilot third. told me that this medallion <laughs> means I'm a prince. <laughs> but she wakes up and she's been talking to the lead uh, of the Gen Sarai. And they have a name for what they call their masters, and it's like the Sarkasarasai or something. Yep, something like that. Um, I'm not going to remember it. Um, and I'm definitely not opening the book. <laughs> As we both quietly reach for our books. I'm, I'm not looking it up right now. The, the, the Sarai Ka'ar. The Sarai Ka'ar. I mean, I'm assuming that the double A's are uh, glottal stops, or at least separately pronounced. Sarai Ka'ar. No, Sa'ari Ka'ar. Yeah, we would be Sa'ari Ka'ar, yes. Because there's AI. <laughs> there's an AI at the end, yeah. We're using Hawaiian rules on this one. <laughs> Which means I can pronounce the name right after the first bounce. <laughs> oh, middle school football players are like, oh shit, I just remembered that. Ooh. <laughs> so, yeah. She wakes up. And, of course, we have a little thing where she's like, ooh, you know, you're pretty handsome, but watch out. If my husband finds out you kiss me, he'll kill you. Yeah. Because, a, you know, I know who you are, but yeah. I'm making fun because you dyed your hair and have a beard. Yes. And she will comment on the beard again as we make our way through. She she says that the chin fuzz is acceptable, but he needs to lose the color. Yeah. And I, I found With that being blonde. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting parallel between between her immediately coming back to life from being in a medical induced coma for 16 years and having comments on the hair color of the dude she's attracted to and our villain. Yeah. Well. Who just constantly rattles on about blondes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a th it'd be a thematic parallel if it mattered or wasn't stupid. <laughs> I mean, haven't mentioned it, but also the person that he interrogated in the room was a lady, and of course he had a moment of, "Hey, just before I interrogate this lady, she hot." Anyway, yep, yep, yep. yep <laughs> don't yep. need to don't need to get into it too much, but she's sexy as hell. There's a whole point that's right when he when he unveils red, and it turns out that she's a lady wearing ornate armor that's lady shaped because it turns out that they build armor the way like Power Rangers build armor. It's very form-fitting. So he's like, ooh, she's a sexy brunette, because we haven't had one of those in this book yet. So she's a sexy brunette to round out the... I, I described every type of sexy hair color. Uh, you know, blonde, red, brunette, tiny Asian. Purple. <laughs> Elf. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, there's a point where he's like, oh, she was hot enough to, to seduce her way through a legion of Jedi interrogators. Luckily, I have special interrogator training or whatever. I was like, oh, come on. You've known this lady for like 20. Do I have to hear about her cup size first? I mean, even when we get to the leader of the Gen Sarai uh, and he's like, ah, you got armor, but instead of looking like some animal, you just look like a sexy broad with big hooters. Yeah, and then when he beats her, it's revealed that she she used to be a sexy broad with big hooters, and now she's old, because she's been around since... Yeah, now she's an old broad with big hooters. Yeah, but he's like, oh, I can tell from what you look like now that you used to be a hot lady. Mm. I'm going to reduce you in my mind to hot lady and put you in my hot lady file, which coincidentally includes every lady we've met in this entire fucking book. I... 
I was like, man, it was one thing when you get up to the point, but when he's like, I saved Mirax, she's right next to me. He has a whole moment when they wake up where he's like, God damn, you know, all the emotions come rushing into me. I love her so much. She's so beautiful. Everything's wonderful. And like three pages later, he's like, ooh, the armor on this chick, hot. And I'm like, your wife is standing next to you. <laughs> Keep it in your fucking pants, for my a, dude. Just for a minute. Like, I know that this is a first person book, so we're up in his head, and that's supposed to be like his subconscious thoughts or whatever, but fucking you're a jedi master it be like this lady appears competent and not like this lady is wasp wasted and possessed of a fine vagina yeah i assume just be like oh and this one has had gilded ornament that looks like a young woman and she strides with confidence not like hey this k lady came out look at the cans on that eh? <laughs> it must be a Corellian thing Oh, it's obviously yeah, it's, it's, a Corellian, it's, it's Corellian thing. Corellian. You wouldn't understand because yeah. you're not from Corellia. Not Corell but in Corellia, standing in, in uh, construction sites and hooting at passing women is uh, a cultural tradition. It's, it's time it's, honored. Yeah, you can't you can't besmirch that that from them. Look, when you go into a grav lift on Corellia, mm -hmm. you're going to see lots of buskers there. <laughs> <laughs> Look, on Corellia, all the stairs are made out of translucent plastic. It's tradition. <laughs> it's not just so you can look up skirts. It's a Corellian long-standing thing about looking up skirts. But that said, it is historical. It's historically perverted. Mm -hmm. Just, just yeah, like me. The best kind. <laughs> yeah, I like my women like I like my daguerreotypes. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Anyway, uh, they they meet the Gen Sarai leader. Uh, I don't remember her name. Yeah, whatever. It's we could just call her the Sar Sarai Kai. The, the Sar Kai. Sorry, car. The Sarai. She's a real sorry car. Yeah, the Sarai car. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's like, "Ooh, I have dreamt that a Halcyon shall show and destroy us. Now come, pig." <laughs> yeah, she basically like. So her whole deal is that she was present at the death of uh, Deja Halcyon. Yeah. Now, we can get into that in whatever order. We can do the fight. The fight's not very interesting. Uh, she's like, hey, I'm going to fight you, Horn or Halcyon, because that is foretold. That's the thing that needs to happen. Whatever happens here, you and I are going to have a fight to the death. And Luke's like, hey, I'm, I'm Luke Skywalker. I am also here. And she's like, yeah, I know. You're the Skywalker. We knew you were coming to. You don't matter. You can fight these, these five chuds. Yeah, look, it's going to be me versus him and you versus these five. And, <laughs> you know, as soon as they start fighting, he's like, oh, shit, you fight exactly like the dude that killed my grandfather in my dream. Like, you have the exact same fighting style. Yes, you know, the, the, the guy who trained. The yeah. Anzati. Uh, Nikos Terrell. Yeah, and he's like, oh, okay. Well, I've seen that fighting style, so I'll try and win, and loses. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he gets knocked down to the ground, because this lady can use telekinesis mm -hmm. and uses, like, a loose cloak to wrap his legs up. Uh, yeah, she uses the force to turn his lightsaber off. She uses telekinesis to shoot money at him. Yeah. Which is pretty great. She, like, manages to get some pretty nasty cuts on him by, by raking him over with fired money. That yeah, she just goes to a barrel of credits that's in this governor's office throws it and then accelerates it with the force and yeah. i was like good job that's some gambit shit i'm into it uh, <laughs> but yeah he goes down and then he's like all right last place gambit i'm going to project into her mind the image of the uh nikos yeah the anzadi jedi that killed my grandfather so she turns he turns he projects the image of nikos into her head right as she's standing over him with her golden lightsaber neat new color yeah. um 
about to stab down into into Horn, she sees instead Nikos Terrell, and she's like, Master? And right as she's confused about that for a second, she gets stunned by Mirax. Yeah, Mirax just blasts her in the back. Yeah. Uh, and she goes down, and we're like, oh, right, because the author's like, hey, if there's a lady bad guy, you got to have a lady good guy to feed her. Yeah. We're working on Indiana Jones rules. Exactly. Yeah. So she goes down and then, you know, wakes up and is like, oh, you, I'm amazed you haven't murdered all of us yet. Are you? Did you leave me alive so that all of my followers could watch me be murdered or me watch them be murdered, is you murderous a, murderer? Is this a torture thing? And they're like, we're not here to murder you. If we were here to murder you, we would have murdered you instead of tying you up. Um, oh, and by the way, as she goes after she goes down, we get a phone call from uh, Tavira because Tavira pops up on like a hollow vid thing and is like, you, the blonde, you're the Batman guy. And he's like, yeah, that's me. Yep. I was the Batman. You. And she's like, I will finish you. I will get you. And then the little calm screen gets blasted again by Mirax. And she's like. Man, what is what's with these Imperials acting like the Empire is still a thing? Like, listen to that. She's all uh, like, I will get my hands on you yet. Yeah, oh, whatever. She's, she's like, no, you won't. You have one ship. My dad has the same ship. <laughs> You're not going to get me. This is this is some empty posturing at this point. Uh, but yeah, so they have the leader bound up and all the like people that were around are, you know, equally bound, but fine. Yes, everyone's fine. And you know, she's like, oh, you're all murderers. I know Jedi are evil. And he's like, uh, no, actually, turns out the uh, people who taught you is, are evil. She's like, no, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just back and forth like that. And eventually, because he's the best character in this book, Elagos is like, hey, I can just solve this. You hey, know, you know I, I could just show you what all this shit was about. Yeah, like specifically, luckily for him, uh, this lady, uh, the the Sarah Karai or whatever, the Sar Sarai Car is like, yeah, I know what El I know what uh, fucking Kemasi are and what they can do. So yeah, I believe that you can you can send a memory transmission. But so go ahead and send it to me, and I will believe you because I believe that the Kamasi are honorable people. And uh, uh, Elagos is like, well, I can't give it to you. I can only give it to people like either Kamasi or Force users that I trust implicitly. So and, and I've never met you. So I have to give it to Horn, but because Horn has super powerful mind uh like powers in the he jedi can, he yeah, can he, transmit it so everyone else here can see it and you know he even asked like oh do you want me to transmit this to everyone or just you and she's like i'll let everyone see it yeah we will see what happened that day luke in particular is like i would be honored to see such an interesting vision absolutely i'd be honored to watch some jedi get murked yeah and notably um she, of course, tries to call that out as well. She's super paranoid, and why wouldn't she be? She spent her whole life being trained to hate Jet uh, to think that Obi-Wan and Vader were two parts of the same thing. Well, yeah, because she's like, oh, the the Jedi came and they murdered people on my home planet here, and I lost my husband the day that, you know, your grandfather died, and so I think all Jedi are evil. And at one point, my son went to go to Vader to be like, Hey, I heard you're hunting down Jedi. Jedi suck ass. Let me help you. Mm -hmm. And Vader just absolutely blasted his ass right there. <laughs> yes. He's like, oh, wait, you can use the force. Anyway, yeah. fuck you. Wrong person to go be like, hey, I want to help you, especially in a in a time period before the inquisitory uh, thing body was developed. Uh, all those like third sisters and fifth brothers and shit that are like Vader's personal army of force users, which you think you wouldn't want. But, you know, he does. But yeah, no. This this kid just showed up and was like, hey, I can use the force. I'll help you kill Jedi. And he's like, ha, 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 uh, I'm a murder machine. <laughs> you have chosen poorly. <laughs> Oops, you fucked up. <laughs> so, yeah, she's not very trustful. So she's like, well, what if 
in passing between Elagos and this Halcyon guy that I've spent my whole life learning to kill. Uh, he just edits the memory that he sends out to us. And uh, Elagos is like, look, at a certain point, you're you're going to have to trust us or else you're just going to be tied to that chair for forever. So how about you just watch the vision and then see how you feel after that, okay? And she's like, fine, I will choose to evaluate it after I see it. Very well, then. Yeah, but the, the great thing about it is because the Kamasi memness is like from a Kamasi point of view, mm-hmm. when you get the memory, it's like, oh, you're getting all the smells and weird shit that Kamasi can detect yeah. that a human couldn't. And the way that, you know, a Kamasi moves and looks at things are completely alien. He's like, yeah, if I tried to edit this, it would be so fucking obvious. Yeah, it'd be extremely apparent. The whole thing, because he, he was like, well, the memory's probably going to look like a TV show, right? Because that's... Oh, yeah, he's like, oh, this will just be some hollow vid. Yeah, that, that, I could edit if I want. I'm not going to, but I could. And then he's like, oh, well, no, it isn't. A memnus is like, literally, you are that old Kamasi for a while. Yeah, you are experiencing yeah. this moment of life. Like, you're aware of his body. Like, you're, oh, wow, my arms are all skinny, but super muscular, because I'm a Kamasi. Wow. And you're is- not just getting... A ton of sensory input you're getting all of the emotions everything yeah. that was happening you're then. even getting the tools to process the sensory input like if i could see through the eyes of a fucking uh mantis sh- uh, shrimp for 10 minutes i'd be like well neat i can't see shit because it's season 16 colors i or 16 wavelengths i don't but uh i don't have a way to my brain can't process that so it doesn't matter in this case it does it matters so he's like wow i smell everything and let me go ahead and say this now the fact that that Kamasi have great senses of smell is the worst part about this portion of the chapter because ah! the Kamasi doesn't use everybody's names. He comes up with Axe Body Spray smells for all of them to be named. And all of you are various Old Spice brands. Mm-hmm. So, like, I- I- instead of being named uh, Deja Halcyon, which, Neja. Uh, Neja, who we barely know anyway, that's Horn's grandfather. We've only, like... We met him in passing in a vision from his from Horn's adoptive grandfather like 30 chapters ago. But now we're like, here's Neja Halcyon, or has, as he will be referred to th- for this de- description. Uh, what is it? Uh, r- wood smoke or smoke spice or something? Yeah, it's like fucking wood spice. And the other person is like desert wind. Yeah. Uh, and the other the people on the other on the bad guy side at bad guy smells, even though they're just jet. They're just different Jedi. <laughs> Old fart. <laughs> disreputable chocolate merchant. It's just stuff like that. So the whole chapter is just like Rosewind said the following thing to Desert Breeze, who then turned to Arctic Tundra and was like, Ah, yes, Wolfthorn, I see that you have bear glove. (laughs) Now look down. Now look back up. (laughs) I'm the Jedi. Your man could be. (laughs) It, It makes this chapter unnecessarily convoluted. Not to mention the fact that we now learn that the three bad guy Jedi in this scene who have recently turned to the dark side. So Nikos, Terrell, and, two, and the other guys, the, the other ones, uh, when they are killed, they explode the same way that the emperor exploded when he got thrown down that shaft. Yeah, it's basically, oh, this guy died and did an implosion of dark side energy that they were so full of dark side mm-hmm. that they couldn't even hold on to themselves anymore yeah. so when they die they pop like blue energy balloons this, these dudes are just gushers full of dark side which sure that's conceptually very interesting and i'm sure it's based on the the pressure waves that came up when palpatine was thrown down the shaft on the ds2 but 
it's the only time I've ever, other time I've ever seen dark side users die like this, like they're, they're balloons full of blue evil and it's very distracting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so they have a big fight and I honestly can't even really tell what the stakes of this fight. I assume it's just like, Oh, uh, it's just these Jedi went to go find fallen Jedi. Mm-hmm. And so we find out the whole thing like, Oh yeah. In this fight, uh, from the dream, we knew that when uh, Nikos was going to do the final shot, he did the whole absorbing energy thing from the lightsaber and then used it to do super telekinesis to just force blast this motherfucker into a dome that blew up. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that dome collapsed and killed a bunch of people, including this person's husband. Yes, and also caused her to miscarry the baby she was holding. She was uh, oh, man. pregnant with. The baby she had is the one that went to Vader. Oh, okay. I could have sworn she was talking about how she had a son in her belly who who didn't survive this either. But no, I guess her son doesn't survive because he He, eventually went to Vader. He goes to Vader and gets cut up for his troubles. Okay, that's fair. Um, So yeah, the three, the Jedi get in this big fight. uh, I I remember his name. uh, Elagos' grandfather. Uh, his name's Itkla. Itkla, I think. Uh, he fights like some Ilnia lady. Itkla. Yeah, he fights some lady. We get to find out that his lightsaber is red gold. Ooh, that was a, that's another nice color I'd like to see. Yeah. It sounds kind of like a bad guy color. Ooh, give me, give me some nice rose gold. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm into that. But uh, yeah, all three of the bad guy Jedi explode, uh, and then the uh, the dome starts coming down, and uh, all. Neja has managed to use his super force power to pull off one final trick, which I guess is just exploding Nikos Terrell. Um, but yeah, then the other, the other, the third Jedi who was present there helps rescue uh, Itklaw. And then the two of them are like, great, well, I'm going to head to, I'm going to take these survivors and take them to Yumfla. And then I'm going to go to Corellia so I can talk to Neja's like adopted family so that his legacy will live on. Yeah. And of course, Neja, uh, as we know, just, you know, turns into a fart and goes off because he becomes one with the force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't force ghost or anything like that. There's a point where the chapter describes his death as accomplishing the greatest thing that a Jedi can accomplish. Yeah. And I was like, oh, neat. He turns into a force ghost because that's usually what that's described as. But no, it's just his the coolest thing you can accomplish is blowing up an Anzati with. Uh, no, I mean, he does. He no longer is corporeal. His body goes away that's true i guess he fades out like yoda so I, he theoretically could be a force ghost but yeah he does the same shit yeah. that you know luke did and yeah. obi-wan did yeah but those two show up as force ghosts i don't i don't think we have a description of neja showing up to anybody i mean he probably just went no nah, i'm good yeah <laughs> i'm out i got nothing important to say screw that yeah i'm good i'm out <laughs> bye uh i keep wondering if that I, I assume that this uh the current obi-wan show will be the thing that finally answers the question of like do you have to do that disappearing thing in order to get to be a force ghost or no because yeah. the, the show features a lot of of obi-wan standing around being like come on qui-gon come on man come out here and talk to me as a ghost come on buddy come tell me ghost wisdoms and qui-gon <laughs> tell me some ghost stories Qui- qui-gon didn't vanish when he died he just got stabbed through the tummy and died he so, got tum-tummed yeah but we know that Vader, I think, also just dies, and he shows up as a ghost, so it's inconsistent. Indeed. Mm. Anyway, this isn't what we should be talking about. We're no, way over isn't. an hour. Uh, they they win, and just as they're, they they finish the battle and finish talking to her about our, all her story and everything, oh no, a secondary problem, because the ship that Elagos put in orbit reports that uh, Knives' ship, the backstab, just showed up, and right behind it is not the New Republic, Booster Tarek and his goddamn Star Destroyer. I do need to go ahead and say the conclusion of that, though, is that uh, they're like, 
oh yeah, there were Sith teachings on the dome, like all these runes were Sith runes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, you were getting taught by them, and you thought of them as just cool force-using masters, Mm -hmm. but they they were evil, and they were getting ready to start teaching you evil shit. You just had to take the bare bones lessons that they gave you to start with and make your own tradition. Yeah. Yeah. So at that point he mentions, yeah, you guys are part of a grand force diaspora. I'm trained in a different type of Jedi than even Corrin is. Cause he's Corellian. Uh, but also there's the Dathomirian force, witches. you guys appear to be a hybrid. You're like good guy, Sith. That's a weird thing. He's like, Oh, you got Jedi training to start with. Cause you were trained by Jedi, but you have Sith ideas so- that started to get into your thing that would have corrupted you if they hadn't killed them, Mm -hmm. but they did. And then you spent all of your life trying to defend your people. So you just sort of like lucked into the light side. Yeah, it's great. They're like good guys on a technicality. And even then he still doesn't let them off without it. Cause he's like, all right, but you're actually not really good guys. Cause look at me, I'm here on your planet, saving your asses. Cause you're in trouble. You would never do that. Your whole deal is entirely insular. You only defend your own people. That's what makes that. That's why I'm better than you. All right. So got what, it? what you, what you need to see is you defend a certain group of people. I defend everyone. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool and you're all right. Yeah. So you guys want to be better. You can be like me or like the Dathomir people who have their own entire, they, they weren't trained by anybody. They came up with their force tradition on their own. I, I was impressed that they didn't bother mentioning the Falanasi, which is the, the other, other type of uh, extra force power trick. There was a point where Luke thought his mom was a secret Falanasi. Because <laughs> um, it's all written before the prequels, right? And uh, then he finds out that, no, it's a lie. They just told him that his mom might have been one of them because they thought it would make him help them. Ah. And their powers are like illusion and healing. Great. Anyway, moving on. Uh, the the errant venture is here. The Booster Tarek ship. And the, everyone's like, well, that's perfect. They, he can take on Tavira. Look, it's, it's, you know, they're two equal ships. Plus, he's got the backstab. So technically, they should have the edge. And meanwhile, Tavira is headed right for the planet in a Star Destroyer. She's like pointed the Star Destroyer at the planet. She's going to raise it because she's mad. Yeah, she's like, oh, all right. They went down. They got Mirax. And I'm going to try and blow everyone there up because yeah. I assume everyone has betrayed me. Yeah. But it, uh, basically, this leads to Horn being like, no, that's not an even fight up there. Tarek can't afford to keep that thing in good repair. He has like eight guns. Yeah. Uh, he's got the bare minimum of guns to make that thing look mean. Yeah. And meanwhile, Tavira has every gun working and a crew that knows how to use it. Yes. So he's like, well, this is a losing fight. They will not win this fight. So hang on. I will solve this corn horn super force bullshit style and and even mirax is like that thing's too big to use telekinesis on he's like oh honey size matters not uh but even then that's not what and I'm she's like do. Mm, <laughs> it kind of does <laughs> i don't know i've been talking to mara jade and she says <laughs> but it's not that's not what he's gonna do instead he he reaches out with the force finds tavira's brain and uh infects her with a crazy amount of uh suspicion yeah he just amps the paranoia that's already there Mm -hmm. and is like i'm not close enough or powerful enough to just immediately be like i'm just gonna make her see like an entire new republic armada show up yes instead he's like all right i gotta just work with what's there and i'll just tweak the bit of paranoia she already has to be like oh this can't be the only thing that's here because clearly your ego says you're too important and your paranoia says Clearly, they're going to try and kill me with overwhelming force because I'm badass. Yeah, so he's like, well, 
you know that this is the first wave the the new they're here to hold you until the new republic arrives and then once he finally managed to get like a real lock in on her mind and she's starting to get all scared and worried he puts in a vision uh, on her part of the errant venture opening up one of its hangar bays and the sun crusher coming out oh yeah he also is like oh she thinks that maybe she can't see the other things because force users are making her not see it right so he's like oh i'll just play on that and make her think like oh I'll try real hard to get through it and then believe that I've gotten through the force uh, paranoia shit. And now I see true. That's not a star destroyer. It's a super star destroyer. That's right. He uses his own extreme mental map of the Lusankia, one of the super star destroyers, and basically just feeds it to her. And she's because I guess he memorized the technical specs of it a while ago. So he he sends that and she's like, oh, shit, that's a super star destroyer. And it just discords the sun crusher. And I'm like, I don't know, man, if I spent a whole book like railing against the sun crusher as a concept, I don't think I would then immediately use it to fool my enemies. I mean, I mean, the wants- thing's immoral. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, he's like, oh, she already thinks it's out there anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's not like making it show up in her vision is going to do anything more. It's going to do something more because this is his plan to scare her away. So they'll have to fight her another day. That's the whole plan. He's like, well, yeah. Well, yeah. And I get that. That's smart. And he spends the rest of this book, all three pages of it, acting like he defeated the Empire, even though he just scared away the one Star Destroyer. So it's still out there, fully operational. Um, but now it doesn't have you know, a bunch of pirates or a bunch of force users on its side. Yeah, instead, it's just a lone Star Destroyer. Yeah, instead what it is is floating around in space using its ability to take over small planets just because it has turbo laser batteries. Also, it's spreading the rumors that the that the uh, Rebellion has now weaponized the Sun Crusher and is spreading it around to kill anybody they're scared of. That's the part I'm a little worried about, that he was already like, look, Tavira's out there with full knowledge of what the Sun Crusher is and did, and she's got it twisted in her head that we used it as a weapon. What if I reinforced that extremely heavily and then just sent her on her way? Well, again, it would be like, oh, they did that. Do you have any proof? None whatsoever. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have any proof the first time, though, and I was having no trouble convincing people. And that's why I'm like, it's not going to do any harm. It's not like she wasn't going to say the Sun Crusher was out there. You know what? That's fair. You got a good point. But she gets scared away. Uh, We established that uh, the the Gen Sarai have accepted Luke's offer tentatively to come visit the Jedi Academy and perhaps become an additional arm of the whole kind of good guy Jedi diaspora. Mm hmm. Mirax and uh, Horn recover the Pulsar skate, Mirax's ship, and are going to use that to get home. And fuck a lot in it. They already fuck a lot in it. We already get a couple of oblique descriptions of how that definitely happens. (laughs) Yeah, he comes back and he's like, hey, Uriel, I goosed a lot in my lady. (laughs) Yeah, and Luke as well. Because he's like, Luke's like, hey, I wanted to talk to you before you left, and uh, and uh, he, Horn is like, hey, did you want a ride back to Coruscant with us? Because I have the Pulsar skate. And, and Luke's like, no, I, I don't want to ride in your fuck boat. <laughs> no, that's okay. That place probably already smells just the worst. So <laughs> mm, I'm good. I'm sure there's a fine mist of sex juice in there already. <laughs> I will pass. And he's like, brother, you better believe it. The first thing I told Mirax when I got in that ship was like, lady, I've spent the entire year saving up cum shots for hot ladies. <laughs> and now you're getting all of them. <laughs> I want to have a child with you, and I want it now. <laughs> and she's like, wait, did you seriously just try your pickup line being like, I saw a lot of hot ladies? And he's like, yep, I've got free cums. <laughs> I spent the entire year thinking about people who I could fuck, and then also sometimes you. And then occasionally I was like, oh, yeah, Mirax. I forgot I was married for a second there, Ooh. or a month. I mean, who's counting? I mean, come on. 
Luckily for her, her medically induced coma, her Jedi induced coma, uh, caused her to just lose gaps of time. So she she doesn't. Oh yeah, have she's a, like, oh, they would occasionally every like couple months wake me up to feed me and then put me back in a coma. Yeah, she could tell time was passing, but it wasn't passing for. She could only tell because like she could see that the sadder car or whatever was, uh, sorry car was getting older and had haircuts and so on between talking to her. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Luke and him meet. After everything is already all denouement, we're, we're done, everything's done, and him and Luke meet at that big governor mansion temple thing to have one last conversation. Uh, both of them want to talk to each other, and it's for the same reason, it turns out, because uh, basically Horn's like, hey, I just wanted you to know I'm not coming back to the Academy. And Luke's like, hey, that's funny, because I was about to ask you not to come back to the Academy. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, well, now I want to come back. Meh. I'm gonna. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, no, I, I think... I can probably do the most good in Rogue Squadron mm -hmm. out there solving problems like that. You know, I'll still have my ability to use the force, but I think if I focus on one thing, mm -hmm. I can probably do the best. And he notes that his grandfather would solve most of his problems through non-Jedi tools. Yeah, he's like, he nah, I've got tools for that, so yeah. that's fine. And Luke is like, oh yeah, I was actually planning on implementing a lot of, like, let's do some baseline non-force using stuff yeah and that wouldn't be applicable to you right now anyway so who gives a you've shit you've got a whole life that you already accomplished and i feel like you and i are not compatible with each other so you know I, ultimately i'm going to ask you to leave the, the the temple although for everyone else at the temple let's make this very clear it's a life sentence just you know <laughs> you know not you just you're not not you you're free to go but like, also mara j mara j can come and go and ultimately, at least three or four more of the other people here are going to leave. I'm pretty sure Cam Soliosar is definitely leave. That one dude that's already an Imperial defector, he's not going to stay. Oh, he definitely leaves and tries to be evil. Yeah. I think at least a couple more are going to turn to the dark side. Kip Duran's eventually going to retire from Jedi Hood and become a, a squadron leader of an X-Wing uh, squad himself. So presumably his whole argument that's like, oh, Kip's got to stay a Jedi forever does not last. Nope. So yeah, all of these folks that are... That bucket, a <laughs> lot of holes in it. <laughs> Whatever helps you sleep, Luke. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he's like, okay, Luke, but I do have one request, and it's that he wants to blow up the Exarchoon temple, little uh, statue and island thing yes. that he was, he went to and got the shit kicked out of him by Exarchoon's ghost. It's so stupid, because Exarchoon's ghost is dead. They killed it. They they blew it up by pumping positive force energy to it like a balloon, but he flies out there in X-Wing, and he has a conversation with the Statue of Liberty, but it's Exarchoon. It's like a 500-foot-tall statue, and he's like, hey, I know you're dead, but... I'm worried that your temple might have secret wisdoms and shit written oh, yeah, down on the walls. Oh, yeah, there's probably a bunch of Sith writing, and if someone yeah. walked in there, they'd be like, ooh, you know what's cool is evil. And then he, like, blows it up. He, like, blows up this this uh, thing and also puts a couple proton torpedoes down the hole into the temple itself so that no one will ever learn anything from this this big... Yeah, he torpedoes the statue so that it crumbles. He torpedoes the temple, and then he just opens fire with the blasters until he turns the rubble into slag. Yeah, and, and then... Uh, gets uh, flies away. He get, he goes back up into space where Whistler, his personal protocol droid, insults him for abandoning. He didn't tell Whistler where he was going. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, I know what the plan is, you piece of shit." Yeah, because I don't keep people out of the loop. Yeah, Whistler doesn't isn't happy about it. Um, and Horn's like, "God, now I'm regretting copying every other main character in these books and not just erasing your memory constantly." <laughs> uh. <laughs> But uh, then he calls Mirax, and he's like, hey, Mirax, I'm on my way home. We got to take care of the first order of business. We got to call your grand, your dad, because he's got to find out that our firstborn son won't be named after him. The end. Second order of business. Get that vagina ready. <laughs> Point it up, honey. 
Um, but but yeah, I, I, there's no mention of what he's going to name the firstborn son. So I guess we're we're assuming it's either Neja or uh, Luke. I mean, it could be like I'm going to name him Kieran, or it could be like yeah, it could be that. I don't know. It <laughs> that'd be great if he named his firstborn son Elagos. He was like, "Look, I got to name my my son after my butler. It's a it's a Corellia thing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't understand. Fifty <laughs> first Street. Hey, <laughs> this Nutra paste is the best in the city. <laughs> it's about the water here. <laughs> we got special hard water that makes our Nutra paste into a thin slime. I got floppy Nutra paste. You got to bend it in half. <laughs> Get the grease to drip out the back." Uh, that's the end, though, folks. We're done. That's it. Hey, wasn't that fun? Yeah. Wouldn't you like to ask a little bit more, though, about that? Because we got a wrap-up episode next week, and mm-hmm. if you go to our Discord, you can find the link to that on Twitter. We're at System Mastery. We've got the a link to that pinned there that you can follow to the Discord. Go there. Go into our Expounded Universe channel, and any questions you want, to have answered on the next episode just go ahead and put a hashtag i jedi no spaces mm-hmm. or commas or anything just idgity yep <laughs> that's what you need yep go right ahead and I'll, I'll i'll head off the only question i don't want to deal with now uh, i don't care about uh corn being a cop all that much I, if he had had any other job that apparently trained him to do everything in the galaxy i would have been mad about that too oh. there all right we're covered all right any other questions keep them coming coming um just like cornhorn once again keep hash- coming <laughs> hashtag i jedi to ask us your questions for the uh, upcoming wrap-up and this one we're not going to talk too much about the wrap-up now because we're already gone way over yeah so we're done here but hey we still have to do our bonus but hey content. we're not done here that's a rule <laughs> so we're gonna go find wikipedia stories probably about this fucking gen Sarai bullshit out of nowhere probably At least one of us for sure yeah um and go at great length into that and talk all about it. I, I guarantee you the Jensen, I think, is one paragraph, and they never got mentioned after this. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that they were like... I mean, it seems like the kind of thing that would be an entire book's worth of information yeah. that you should get, yeah. but God knows it's probably just, I don't know, someone... Fucking Stackpole made this up at the end of a book and no one cared about it. I guarantee you that the Dathomirian Force Witch tradition was the only one that any other writer was ever like, yeah, I'll deal with that. Yeah, I like that. I'll fuck with that. Like, you never see anything, anyone mention the Fallen Asi ever again after that one book they're in. Aww. So, I I don't know. Anyway, um, so to get that, go to uh, patreon.com slash systemastery and support us at the $2 level, which will unlock both our expanded Expounded Universe, where we talk all about all kinds of Star Wars history through out the ages and also our system mastery bonus content where we make characters in the games that we review on our other show. Uh, that's at the $2 level. There is also a $5 level. If you would like even more content, that's right. Right now, right now we're, we've set ourselves up for the impossible task of TV mastery being based on shows that got canceled really fast. Yeah. They're hard to find. No, I was, when I started doing it, I was like, man, the first couple I tried to find, I didn't really get. I may have fucked myself on this. I have managed to find three, but of the three I found, I only think one of them was interesting. Like, I found that episode of America's Funniest Home Videos After Dark, which is like the adult America's Funniest Home Videos that was still hosted by Saget, uh-huh. um, which sounds like it should be interesting, but it's just the same jokes, except now he keeps saying, like, my poo-poo went into a penis kind of stuff uh, over the... Because the, I... God, even watching... <laughs> Even watching three minutes of that reminded me of how much I fucking hated America's Funniest Home Videos. Well, there you go. Because half the time it would be like, this dog's walking around. And you just have Saget going like, I can't wait to lick my own nuts. You're like, that video wasn't funny. It's just Saget's stand-up routine. <laughs> well, you got to finish a whole like 
30 minute show or whatever. And you got to have new stuff every week. So, yeah. so anyway, uh, patreon.com slash system mastery, please come support us. Uh, and we'll be so much nicer and happier. The show will get better if you give us money. It's true. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's guaranteed. Yeah. That's our guarantee. That's our promise. Every time. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll, we'll see you in a week or two. I've been Elan Sleesbogano. And I'm covered in sex mist. Sex mist.